Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. You see, we don't need to go to experts who aren't men of God. We need to go to experts who are men of God, who have the word of God, because it's not their word in the end. It's the word of God. And that's what's happening here. We live in a world today where so many men and women in our society, it's a secular society, are so sure that Bible-based religion has nothing to offer for our secular society. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Keep this telephone number in mind throughout today's broadcast, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call us at any time. Once again, that phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Today on Reaching Your Heart, Pastor Michael Oxentenko has a message entitled, The Little Maid and the Mighty Man. That's The Little Maid and the Mighty Man, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Here is Pastor Michael Oxenteco with today's Reaching Your Heart. Dear Father God, as we start this hour with you, it's time to pray and worship you. We want to be surrendered to Jesus Christ. We can't do that. We have to choose, but only the Holy Spirit can subdue the heart. Father, we have evidence that Europe is in crises. Europe is not a safe place anymore since World War II. Nothing like this was imaginable. That you could reach from the Middle East into Paris and slaughter hundreds of people in a single night. Unbelievable. And Father, we know that Bible prophecy indicates one day Europe will unite in a church-state coalition. And we see how it can happen, Father. We see the forces of Islamic extremism forcing secular Europe to reconsider its Christian roots. But we know in the end it's not Christianity that will govern Europe. It will be a form of compromised Christianity. So what does this mean? We know what it means, Lord. It means Jesus is coming. And we have been coasting in this country... We've been coasting our own personal lives, so just give us commitment to the church, commitment to the cause of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the figure of Orphan Annie appeared in the Great Depression in the comic strip that was created by Harold Gray. Have you ever read the Orphan Annie strip or read a book about Orphan Annie? No one here? Okay, well, she's not the most popular comic book hero. I don't like comic books. She's more a social figure in her own culture. It was based on the 1885 poem Little Orphan Annie by James Whitcomb Riley. The comic strip of Orphan Annie was introduced to our country in the New York Times on August 5 of 1924, the Roaring 20s coming into the Great Depression. In a fortune poll in 1937, Orphan Annie ranked number one in popularity in the United States. Orphan Annie was cast with her dog Sandy and, of course, the mighty man who served as her caretaker and defender, Oliver Daddy Warbucks. I don't know why they called it Warbucks. He must have been an entrepreneur who made money on the war. Who knows? 
Daddy Warbucks, the comic book strip attacks some pretty tough subjects such as the New Deal legislation, the dangers of organized labor, and of course the evils of communism. Since then, Orphan Annie has been an industry all her own. The little maid with red hair has made millions of dollars for the industry that has become Orphan Annie. Movies and musicals have followed, and the perennial tale of the little maid and the mighty man, Daddy Warbucks, lives on in American culture. Now, in 1982, there was a famous musical that hit our country, Annie, and Orphan Annie, in this musical, sang the song Tomorrow. Have you ever heard the song Tomorrow? I mean, it's kind of like one of those archetypical songs that kind of shapes our consciousness. I want to repeat the lyrics to you. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Just think about tomorrow. It clears away the cobwebs, all the sorrow, till there's none. When I'm stuck with a day that's gray and lonely, and I just stick out my chin and grin and say, Oh, then sun will come out tomorrow, so you got to hang on till tomorrow, come what may. And I can't sing, but tomorrow, you know, she does that, tomorrow. I love you tomorrow. You're always a day away. You can hear it in your head if you've heard it on YouTube or something like that. Friend, in the Bible, there is a story of the indomitable and optimistic little maid who served the mighty man, the daddy warbucks of her day. He was a mighty man in Syria who couldn't make it to his tomorrow without the childlike wisdom and guidance that the little maid from Israel gave him. Their tale comes together in the Bible version of Orphan Annie and Daddy Warbucks. It is the story of the little maid and the mighty man who found God through her mighty and optimistic faith. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. The Bible begins, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in high favor because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. So much is found in this wonderful verse. I mean, it has compacted evidence that we must consider in the narrative that we are beginning to unfold here with God's leading and help. Sometimes we think that God can only work through people who have a knowledge of the truth, right? Isn't that the assumption we sometimes carry into the sacred corners of church business, that you have to know the truth to be used by God? But this itself is not true, It isn't true. The Hebrew text indicates that the Lord gave Syria victory because of Naaman. Two concepts stand as attention in the narrative. They're apparent when you read it. First, Naaman was a mighty man of valor. The text calls him the prince of the host of Syria. Now, it's no accident. The same title is given to the pre-existent Christ in Joshua 5.14. Remember, Joshua was coming into the promised land, sword drawn in hand. He sees a man there with his sword drawn in hand. And he says, are you for us or for our enemies? And he says, neither. I'm for God. And then he says, it says, the prince of the host, the captain of the Lord's army. Translation's very same Hebrew. I have come. And what he's saying is, if you want to be on God's side, if you want my help, you've got to be on God's side. That was the pre-existent Christ. He bowed down, he worshipped the prince of the host. Daniel 8.11, the same figure is used to describe Christ as the antichrist power. Rises up and tries to take away the place of his sanctuary. He's later identified in Daniel 9 as Messiah Prince. 
Before Jesus became a human being, friend, Jesus was called the prince of the host. He was a mighty man of valor, a tremendous spiritual warrior for the cause of God. And he became a human being to fight the greatest battle with self in human flesh to win the war against evil. So in this sense, Naaman was like Christ. He was the prince of the host of his army for his king. But in another sense, he was not. You see, Naaman needed a change, not a change that was only on the outside. He had leprosy. He needed a change on the inside that he was not aware of. So the text says very clearly here, he was a leper. If he had lived in Israel or Judah, the disease of leprosy would have automatically made him an outcast. They would have said, unclean, unclean, as he walked through the camp of Israel, and people would have kept their distance from him. But in Syria, things were different. They had a different notion of things. No doubt he was so valuable to the king that the king said, I have to keep him on in my army or something will go bad. Who cares if he has leprosy? Now, in the Bible, leprosy is a symbol of sin. So the text reads, he was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. The conjunction but in the sentence is huge. But he was a leper. You know, leprosy is a fascinating disease. It starts on the outside. It robs you of the ability to feel pain. It results in the loss of your members. In time, it eats away at who you are, what you look like, what you feel like, your own perception of self that others see. In time, leprosy destroys you. That's what kind of disease it is. And so the mighty man needed some mighty strong help to address his leprosy in life. The Syrians had been used by God to judge an unrepentant Israel. That's what's happening here. They'd made raids down into Israel because Israel had drifted away from God. And so God had used them to discipline Israel. And so Syria was at war at times with the covenant nation of the north. Now, some people say, well, Pastor Mike, what do you mean covenant nation of the north? Well, since the time of King Rehoboam, who followed Solomon, the nation of Israel was separated from the nation of Judah. It was kind of like the Hatfields and the McCoys or the Civil War, the north and the south. For years, until about 721, the nation of Israel was autonomous from the nation of Judah. So we have two kings, one to the north in Samaria and one to the south in Jerusalem. And God left two tribes with David and the rest went north. So they're called the ten tribes in that sense. So it was a divided situation. God cared about both the north and the south here and he sent help so the north could turn to him. God sent Elijah to bring the nation of Israel back to God. And then after Elijah had called fire down from heaven, had that holy standoff at Mount Carmel, and he said, you know what? As for me, I'm going to follow the Lord. You need to choose this day whom you're going to serve. They made the choice. But just because you make a choice doesn't mean your life lines up all of a sudden. God works with people who make good choices. And after Elijah, he sent the prophet Elisha. And Elisha's role was to deepen faith in God, to build off the successes of Elijah, and to help the nation pull it out of the ditch. But change comes hard for rebellious people who think they have the truth when they really don't. They don't live the truth. And so the prophet patiently worked with the people of God in the aftermath of the great prophet Elijah. What does this mean as far as God is concerned? Why would he use a nation like Syria to discipline his own people? Here's what it means. It means that there are times when God's people can become an enemy against God's cause. And God himself, if those times get too harsh, too bad, 
God will align himself with righteous individuals on the outside of his upside-down kind of kingdom that is not in obedience to him. He will then enter into controversy with his own people and seek to save his covenant people by the discipline that comes from the outside. But he has another motive in mind. He wants to save the outsider by that interaction. And so God is at work saving his people and others too as he disciplines his people. Now, why would God do that, you say? I mean, shouldn't he just leave his people alone and bless them no matter what? No. See, God blesses his people when his people are right with God. If you're not right with God, he's not going to bless you. Now, he's not asking you to be perfect. He's not requiring that. He's asking you to be committed. There's a huge difference here. To be committed to the Lord Jesus Christ means to put yourself on the altar and say, Lord, I've been putting self first. I put Jesus. I don't have the power to do it. Take the nothing in me and make it something. And he'll take a prayer of a weak saint and he'll convert that prayer and make good work out in your life. That's all he's asking for here. You are listening to Reaching Your Heart. More with Pastor Michael Tanko in just a moment. A reminder, we are a listener-funded ministry. We do appreciate your support. If you can help us out with a financial contribution, here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can also find us on the web at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget, at the end of today's broadcast, we have a special book for you. We'd love to be able to give that to you, so stay tuned to find out more about that at the close of today's Reaching Your Heart. Here he is, Pastor Mike, once again. So why would God do that? To bring his people back to God. That's why he disciplines us. It's a strange kind of work that God has done in history, but a necessary one nonetheless. Friend, if you are in such a state of compromise in your life, and you very well may be as you came here, maybe you have been drifting, playing with Christianity and the world at the same time, God will not tolerate a compromised life. He wants you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and nothing less. But guess what? He knows that you can't do that on your own. So God in Christ can do for you what you can't do yourself. So if you're willing to surrender and allow the power of God to work in your life, He will bring you back to God. So it's a strange kind of work that God has done in history, but a necessary one nonetheless. If you are in a state of compromise in your life, then align with God right now. Be reconciled with God by faith in Jesus, or God may perform this strange work of making war on you too. That's a fact. So at this point, the story shifts to a little girl from Israel who had become an adventurer in a foreign land. Now, adventurers, are you listening to me? It's all about you now. We have a group here. For those who are listening in, this was our first adventurer Sabbath It will lead eventually to pathfinders and other things. Huge emphasis at reaching hearts. We're just utterly tickled with your interaction today. That little maid was an adventurer for God. Now verse 2, now the Syrians on one of their raids had carried off a little maid from the land of Israel and she waited on Naaman's wife. Uh, She's the orphan Annie of the story here, captured by a foreign army destined to live in a mighty man's house outside of Israel. Naaman had become Daddy Warbuckle, and she had become for him a little friend like Orphan Annie. Verse 3 continues. She said to her mistress, that's his wife, Would that my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria. He would cure him of his leprosy. 
It's like the little song that little orphan Annie sang in the musical. The sun shall come out tomorrow. So you got to hang on till tomorrow. Come what may tomorrow. Tomorrow. I love you tomorrow. You're always a day away. Right? Wrong. Tomorrow is not a day away if you have Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Tomorrow comes today because Jesus is the light of the world. He can change a dark day into an instantly illumined day if you have the light of the world in your presence. So the only way to get to God's tomorrow that can make today happen is to have Christ right now. It comes to you. The light comes to you in every slight circumstance. God's tomorrow comes with a beautiful sun, not a sun, but the Son of God who is the light of the world. And that's the light we need. She was showing him that light. Positive thinking is not a cure for ailments. It's only a trick to make you feel like you're better, right? Does positive thinking really cure cancer? I'm saying, yes, Pastor Mike, it cures cancer. Well, it probably doesn't. Your immune system cures cancer. Now, it doesn't hurt. I'd like to introduce you to a cure that was just given to me this morning. Can I do that? All right, get your notepads out and let's get practical here with medicine. Now, I want to read to you what it is. It's full of oil, okay, in a nice little bottle that a pharmacist could have given you, but it didn't come from a pharmacist. It came from a loving hand. It says, most precious ointment for all manner of aches and bruises. Would you like to have that? Now, let me read to you what it says. This ointment can eliminate bruises and swelling before they start. If bruising or swelling has already started, it can heal them quickly. I have never found anything that works this well, this fast. It is a decoction of four herbs. The recipe for a most precious ointment for all manner of aches and bruises was found in a medieval doctor's notebook. So it is in the public domain, thus unpatentable. You can't get a patent on it. Instead of calling it a most precious ointment for all manners of aches and bruises, most of my friends just call it bruise juice because its most obvious use is making bruises go away. Now, it says something on here. I want to contrast this with the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, for external use only. Don't go drinking it. Now, friend, I know of a most precious ointment for all manner of aches and bruises and diseases and discouragements. It's the balm of Gilead. And Jesus Christ is the ointment. And He is good for external cure and internal cure too. But this serves as an illustration of what we're trying to say. So it's not positive thinking that a true believer needs at this time in earth's history. It's a change of heart and a changed life that comes by an interaction with the truth, the truth about God, the truth that comes from God, the truth that is God, and that kind of truth that only the prophets can give us. You know, not the kind of truth that comes from smart philosophers or theologians who think they have it all figured out. I was recently interacting with a very famous theologian, a denomination I won't speak about, and I asked him why in the last 30 years... Has the net result of their work been to diminish the magic in the testimony of Jesus, the Holy Bible? Why do we now view it as a book with errors? He does, I don't. Instead of what it is, God's Word. You see, we don't need to go to experts who aren't men of God. 
We need to get our experts who are men of God, who have the word of God, because it's not their word in the end. It's the word of God. And that's what's happening here. We live in a world today where so many men and women in our society, it's a secular society, are so sure that Bible-based religion has nothing to offer for our secular society. The secular world we live in right here in America, we're not talking about Europe, we're talking about here, it laughs at people who are right religious and people who choose to have moral lives based on Bible theology and Bible revelation. And people who have a faith-based conscience and worldview are viewed as fanatical. I've seen in the news, you have too. It's an amazing shift in the United States of America. Now, 150 plus people died in the streets of Paris. But we saw coming from ISIS. It didn't come from Al-Qaeda. It came from ISIS, the Islamic State. That is fanatical. Christians have been a bulwark against this throughout the centuries. And now we see a turning in world history. It was as huge as 9-11 for Europe. And what we are watching today unfold is unbelievable. And yet there really is, friend, no cure for the deep leprosy of the human condition unless the disease called sin... Now, the Bible tells us what that disease is. It's the transgression of God's law. Unless the disease called sin is met by the truth, and the Bible says Jesus is the truth, His Word reveals Him. Christ cannot come and solve this problem. It takes the prophets to bring us Jesus. Our access to the prophets today, friend, is found in the Bible and nowhere else. Now, I hold in my hand my Bible. It's kind of thin, isn't it? You have a Bible? Hold it up. Come on. You've got to use that thing. Now, I have here a hundred Bibles in my iPad. I have switched to my iPad as my major Bible. But I also have three or four good marked up copies. This is your way of knowing God. If I sit here and I pontificate about what I think, so what? God has given you in the Bible, friend, the knowledge of God through the prophets. And that's what Naaman needed. He didn't need a bunch of other stuff. He needed that. That's what we need today. God's word is God's way of bringing men and women back to him and curing them of their spiritual leprosy. And so the little maid, the orphan Annie in the story, is suddenly a missionary sharing her faith in a foreign land far away from home. She's an adventurer for God. I say today, would that every child in the church was an adventurer for God in the same way. A bold witness for Christ without any fear, with a knowledge of God's word, and they know where the prophets are. That's our goal here at Reaching Hearts. She has a two-sentence witness that gets to the point. She says, would that my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria. Now, why is she saying that? Because he has to go there. He would cure him of his leprosy. The Hebrew is a little more dramatic here. She says literally in the Hebrew tongue, he would gather him from his leprosy. The word cure is not used here. This little girl has the guts to tell her Lord's wife that he is really a broken man and a lost man that's scattered about in his life and that he needs the prophet to gather him up and to mend his life. It's not just about leprosy. It's about making him whole again. He not only needs to be healed from leprosy, he needs to be gathered into God and healed in a different kind of land. He needs to go there. So here's the paradox. God cares about the mighty man. He wants to cure him of his alienation from God and the Holy Land. So Naaman, by implication, must be gathered from his leprosy there, not where he's at. He must go, not stay. He must be gathered to God in God's land. Suddenly, little maid has introduced an idea that will change world affairs. Her little insertion, her little witness, her little 
adventuresome faith in play here has stopped the war for a while so that kings can interact with a felt need and a prophet can meet the felt need of an enemy in his own land. It's an amazing reversal of circumstances. 2 Kings 5.4 So Naaman went in and told his Lord, Thus and so spoke the maiden from the land of Israel. Verse 5 And the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten festal garments. Suddenly the mighty man who raided Israel is now an ambassador from his king to the king of Israel with gifts in his hand so that he can get cured at the hand of his enemy. It's an amazing reversal. The little maid's report has now become a fact of public policy. The adventurer for God kidnapped to a foreign land is now being used by God to rescript world affairs for the purpose of grace. Friend, don't tell me children can't make a huge difference on the macro level of human affairs. This little girl is being used by God to rescript the tale of nations here. A war has ceased because of her for a period of time. The letter itself, if you'll notice the context, is full of faith. The kind of faith you would not expect from an unbelieving king and an unbelieving mighty man general. Look at 2 Kings 5 verse 6. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel which read, quote, When this letter reaches you, know that I, that's the king of Syria, have sent to you Naaman, my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy, end quote. That's stunning. A letter like that sent from Syria to Israel. Thanks for listening today to Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. We are a listener-supported ministry and would love for you to partner with us as we continue to present Christ-centered biblical truths of Scripture in practical and relevant ways. Call us right now at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. And if you do call right now for a donation of any size, Pastor Mike would like to give you a book entitled Satisfied, How God Can Meet your deepest needs. Visit the website reachingyourheart.com to find out more about this ministry, Reaching Your Heart, and Pastor Michael Oxentenko. That's reachingyourheart.com. If you do have the means to bless us with a little larger gift of $500 to $1,000, it would particularly help us right now to continue to bring you these messages on this station. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can donate right there on the website, reachingyourheart.com. 888-244-HOPE. Thanks for listening. And as always, we do pray that God is reaching your heart.